Mouth Poker Show tonight. If Sunar's got Sonar, why can't he remember where he left the hundred grand? Plus, it's the European Poker Awards with Mad Marty's motto. And Sarametta gets the achievement of a lifetime. some highlights from tonight's show. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. It's like there's a table. <laughs> if you're a robber, you're not going to look for the money there. You're going to look in the drawer, under the mattress. <laughs> the European poker players weren't actually recognized as being as good as they are. It was all about America. Growing old is compulsive. Growing up is an option. Best of money. <laughs> I've left you in the hotel. Hundred thousand. Under the mattress. Hundred thousand dollars worth of cash. Sometimes, from molehills, you can build a mountain. You know, you always hope it's going to grow because the scene was so much smaller yeah. ten years ago. Uh, this is pre-internet. Of course, he's he's giving Tony stick back. And I told Cody, I said, if you don't show up, I'm going to get you as good as Imagine the costs of actually buying a bloody nightclub and providing dinner and accommodation and flights for everybody. I was the first one who came in the club There was nobody used to come. It was only me. On our last show, did a lot with Tony G in Paris, but that's not all that I was in Paris for. Uh, it was the European Poker Awards, which have been going on now 10 years. Uh, they've always been at the Aviation Club. Um, and though Nick Saramata kind of started them up in association with his Poker Europa magazine, and before that it was the EPPA newsletter, it's always been at the Aviation Club. And Bruno Fatusi, the manager of the aviation, the owner of ACF Poker, has now taken them over from, from this point forth. It's a great thing. Uh, Bruno Fatusi is, has to be, in my mind, the guy in the poker world with the most style and just absolute class. Uh, he just everything he does is just you know that is Bruno. That is style. Um, and that's that's the way he does things. And uh, one thing I can tell you about the European Poker Awards: if you go, if you attend, you are guaranteed to get drunk because he just lays it on out there. Uh, and this European Poker Awards, they actually usually used to be at the Aviation Club, but because of the TV arrangements where they were filming a tournament there, they couldn't do it in the dining room there so they rented out a nightclub about 150 people there six hour open bar champagne wine beer the whole thing seated dinner uh michelle orp was 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 hosting along with a, a translator uh, michelle orp's great she was very funny i thought um did the whole thing very well and listen there were there were fun awards uh win or lose uh so i got to talk to a couple of people who are going to be in this show mad marty was there nominated for best staff person of the year and um nick sarametta who ended up getting a lifetime achievement award uh sort of a going away sort of thing i mean nick has done a lot as far as these european poker awards go and of course he was involved in in poker uh, late night poker and that whole thing uh started up the first european poker magazine as tony g mentioned and one of the awards um also is in memoriam and always has been for the last couple of years of rob gardner who if you don't know was the the guy who came up with the idea for televised poker 
late night poker and he passed away sadly a few years ago. It's it's really nice that they have have an award in his memory. That's what Tony G won. Um, but it was a it was a fun night. Uh, also, and I'll be right back with this. We're going to talk about surrender sooner because there's two things you're going to see Bruno if you go to Paris and go to the Aviation Club. That's guaranteed. Two other people you're almost always guaranteed to see there. To me, they're like part of the furniture. Freddie Deeb and surrender sooner. And uh, I had a lot of fun, Freddie Deeb. He's a, he's a really fun guy. He's been around since the Stone Age and still and always in the big game. And surrender. Who, uh, to me, he has always been one of my poker heroes. I kind of talk about that in uh, my interview with him. But I really surrender. You know, if you're out and you're you're in the on the poker scene, you're at hanging at the bar. You'll you'll get the chance to talk to surrender. He's hysterical. Uh, he's a lot of fun. And uh, but you know he doesn't do that many interviews. So I was kind of excited to to have a chance to talk with him a few times. And I'll be right back with that. Hi, I'm Roland DeWolf, Triple Crown winner, and this is the Poker Show with Mickey Dane. I mean Jesse May. Hey, Jesse, it's Kim Lansing here. If you don't have a Party Poker account, sign up today using the bonus code POKERSHOW and we'll match your first deposit up to $500. That's $400 more than normal, but you have to use the bonus code POKERSHOW. Already got a Party Poker account? We've got something for you, too. An exclusive reload bonus. Redeposit using the bonus code POKERSHOW50 and we'll match your deposit up to $50. I was sitting in the bar at the Aviation Club. There was a, there was a magazine there, this uh, 52 Red uh, French Poker magazine, and they had a list that they borrowed from the, the Handed Mob database of the top all-time money win, tournament money winners in, in poker, all-time. And uh, I noticed that Surrender Sunar was in there, 88th place, over $4 million in cash. Would you think Surrender is one of the top 100 money earners of all time? A lot of people think, oh, you know, he's, he's been around so long, but he's never, you know, won anything. But he has. He's won everything. So Surrender came over a little later, grabbed beer, and I pointed out to him, said, Surrender, you never have to work again. You're $4 million in cash. <laughs> we all had a laugh over that. But Surrender. Has I'll tell you his first cash okay at the World Series, uh, nineteen ninety when he was third in in the pot limit Omaha. Johnny Moss was at that final table and Amarillo Slim won. That's how long Surrender's been around, uh, and I, I just absolutely love this guy. But uh, so here, here I am asking him, um, you know, he was one of the first. I mean, at every tournament in Europe. Surrender was was one of the original guys that was there, and he was always, you know, in the '90s and and in the uh, early part of 2000, always playing the biggest game, uh, biggest Omaha games, biggest cash games that there were. Um, man of mystery, but uh, here I'm asking Surrender, uh, when's the first time Surrender that you you came to Paris? Aside from uh, from Freddie, you were probably one of the. The guys who's, who was here in the beginning of Paris. They've been coming here the longest time. Don't you think? In the big game and that sort of thing? I was the first one who came here in the football team. <laughs> you were the first one? Yeah. Was nobody used to come. It's only me. We always used to have this no limit holder. Right. There's not even any Omaha. Yeah. There's no Omaha, just no limit holder. That's all they used to have. And this must have been like 95 and 90. Was it maybe 90? I was here in 97, I think it was early on. It was, yeah. it was earlier than that. It was 27, 20 years ago. Over, yeah. 20, over 20 years ago. I'll tell you a funny story about Surrender. I've got a lot of funny stories about Surrender because I see I've seen him everywhere for the last fifteen years. But when late night poker began and Surrender first started coming, he was a little bit worried. Didn't want people knowing his business, so he said he took me aside. He said, "You have to say about me. You cannot tell 
<clears throat> people where I'm from. You have to say I'm from Northern England. He didn't want anyone knowing his hometown, which which is Wolverhampton. Every, everyone now knows. But the fact is, Surinder's really uh, he's got a lot of family in, in in India, and he used to always tell me. I remember. We used to go to the the master classics, and Surinder would 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 hold court there at the bar. Um, he, he told me one time uh, he had a, he had a hundred and eight year old grandfather, um, and for years Surinder's grandfather was always getting older. He was one hundred eight. He was one hundred ten. He was one hundred twelve. I think sadly he finally passed passed away a, a year a couple of years ago. But he would tell me his grandfather once said to him. And I was very, very drunk with him at, at the bar at this time, years ago. And he said to me, my grandfather said, you can drink as long as you can stand up. But if you fall down, then it's time to go home. And he said, you're allowed to lean against the bar, uh, which I always took as a, you know, that's, a, <laughs> that's not a bad philosophy of life. Um, but at that point, and Surrender talks, he's always been at the Master Classics. He's, he's a king there. This is a very funny story about, uh, you know, when Surrender first started going to Amsterdam, and he left 100,000 euros uh, or $100,000 in his room. First Master Classics, 1993. That was the one yeah. ever. But it's not just that. It's that, like, after that, like... It's a random draw, obviously, in Amsterdam. Yeah, but it's old-fashioned. They still a, do old-fashioned. It's fashion an old-fashioned random draw. Yeah. And, that, <laughs> and for seven years, on the trot, Surrender had table one, seat one. <laughs> by random draw. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> that's weird. Nah. weird. That's the weirdest random draw. The weirdest For superstitious person like you, it means something. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I mean, Surrender was always, like... The king in Amsterdam, you know, like, and have you been to the Master Classics? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like the way the set is, like that bar, the half circle. You know, it's such a like cozy atmosphere. Oh yeah, and like I love Surinder it back would, when you could smoke. No, I, you have to right. go outside. It sucks. It would always like kind of be holding court, you know, at the bar yeah, because yeah, yeah. That's like you yeah, he had like the, the golden the golden pencil, you know, yeah. whatever Surrender wanted in there, <laughs> he got, you know. And I would tell them about tell them you heard the story. Tell tell them about the the the, the money, the uh, your hotel room. <laughs> What's that? So he lost. Didn't you leave like fifty thousand oh, dollars? Hundred thousand. A hundred thousand. It was all it was all English and Dutch, and you know, and like I won like thirty forty there anyway. But I checked out the was in the Park Hotel right yeah. across there. I've checked out in the morning, gone home. Gone home, unpacked, and uh, now invest my money. <laughs> I've left in the hotel. 100000 And then the mattress? $100,000 worth of cash. Where did you leave it? In the hotel. Yeah, I, left in, I, I always put my money in a special place. Okay, hidden? It, hidden. <laughs> but obviously hidden. <laughs> if you came and look in there, you will never find it. <laughs> but it's so obvious. It's, it's, it's like being. It's like there's a table. <laughs> if you're a robber, you're not going to look for the money there. You're going to look in the drawer, under the mattress. Under the bed. <laughs> so I phoned up my friend Tom there. I said, Tom, I left 100000 in the hotel. Can you go get it? <laughs> this is like six hours later. I mean, no, this no, is not six like, hours. Yeah. Next day. The next day. Next day. You need a really good friend yeah. to help you on that one. Yeah, next day. The guy from the casino, you know, one yeah. of the guys. So Tom Deere, yeah. the manager, you know, he's, he's a good friend of mine. And uh, I said, look, you better go there. I was in this room number. And I'll tell you exactly where the money is. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's gone to the reception. He said, you know, my friend left some money in the room. Can you go and get it for me? Can I go and 
He said, well, there's some guests already checked in there this morning. I mean, this, he went like 6 in the p.m. Uh-huh. Somebody already checked in like 6 in the morning. He said, but, you know, guests are checked in and they knocked the door. He said, well, I can't let you in the room until the guests come. <laughs> so now he waits there till like midnight. <laughs> guests- Imagine surrender but, freaking but, out. Like. But before that, the woman said, you know, she's gone in there. You know, he told her where the money is. She said, yes, there is money there. But I cannot give it to you until the guests come and, you know, it could be there. So, oh. Yeah, so midnight, right? This, this old lady, an old man in, that came in, like, from an opera or somewhere. So the lady explained, explained to them, you know, the situation. They said, oh, we have no money there. You know, whatever money is, is, is not ours. So the woman, receptionist, gave the money to him, and then Tom, bring it to me, like, a month later. <laughs> you got the whole of it? Oh, yeah, I got it all. He That's, kept it in the house. How strong is that? I mean, I wasn't, once he got it, I wasn't bothered. Yeah. I mean, he kept it in his house. I said, come over whenever you want, and then... Just bring the money over. How <laughs> strong is that? That's that's weird. And that's like, that's probably 20 years ago, or 15 that was, anyway. That was yeah. Fair, yeah, that was the I mean, first time. 93? Yeah. Actually, that was the second time I went. Yeah. Or third time. But, you know, I mean, $100,000 then, now, to now, would be worth like half a million. Yeah. I mean, I remember the, the very, when I started going to the Master Classics, the, they used to have, I mean, because there wasn't that many cash games, you know, around Europe back then. And the one, the Master Classics, they had a big Omaha game. It was a year, I remember Phil Helmuth was over and Eric Seidel. And it was when Hamish, you and Hamish were like the guys who really got that game. And it was, you remember, Hamish was on that big run and you were playing. And uh, the, the games were massive back then at the oh, Master yeah, Classics. I mean, the tournaments were, didn't even matter. Um, Donica and stuff like that. Um, yeah, they were they were something. Else. Were, you, were, were you there the first time? First, when I won the first one. I think the first year I was there was probably either '95 or '96. You remember when Chip Chip yeah. Chip Winton was there? Sure. Remember when I, we, when I we mean, were, I was there a bunch of years. Were you Were you with us when we went to a little dinner? Mm. Well, you you must remember this then. I mean, I was there. In, it was '95 or '96. I, I, I was there before I came there. Right? Yeah. Mickey Finn spread the rumor that the guy who's going to win the, this Master Classic tournament is coming over tonight. <laughs> you remember? You don't remember no, that one? No, no, no. Oh, do you remember the year? Let me ask you this: There was a year. I'll tell you what year I was there. There was one year where, for the main event, they used a four-color deck. Mike Carroll came over. That's and, right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mike Carroll. Mike Carroll He's the introduced. One who yeah, he introduced that, a four-color. That wasn't the first year. That was second year or third year. Okay, that was the first year I was there. Let me and guess. It, people hated it. Well, it was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was only two tournaments. Um, where they used a four-color deck that Mike Carroll got to use the four-color deck. One of them was the first ever tournament at Foxwoods, and one of them yeah. was that Master Classics. And I, me and Mike Carroll, were the only two people who had both, both those tournaments. <laughs> I feel like that's my place. poker trivia. Yeah. That didn't, that didn't <laughs> really go. It didn't work. Well, because in Amsterdam, you see the whole, you know about Amsterdam. Yeah. We're like, you know, a lot of people would go to the, the coffee shop, you know, between the levels. So you can imagine. They hadn't used the four color deck ever first, before and all of a sudden you go in there for the tournament and it's you've got green diamonds and stuff like that but I mean the way they used to treat surrender I mean like they still do I mean they still do you know you still go there I never missed that one 
never, never, the one you don't want to miss. I never miss. And that. the Irish Open. You went to the Irish Open for how many? How many? Irish Open. If you look back at the at the pictures of like the very very first Irish Opens, Surinder's there with hair down to his like waist. <laughs> he won every major tournament in uh, Europe. Right. He won the Irish Open. He won the the Amsterdam tournament. You won this Paris tournament. Wait, what else? You know. I haven't won the World Series yet. <laughs> yeah, well, in Europe, yeah. <laughs> didn't you? Uh, didn't you get? Um, I got a lot of seconds. <laughs> was it? Was it Johnny Chan who you had like completely dominated? Was it the pot limit hold'em or something like that? What was the? No, was it? No, it's a five thousand no limit. Five thousand no limit. And you had him. You had him by the. No, I had him at three. Three over. Three way action. Three. Three left. I yeah. had half the chip. Yeah. Hello, I'm Black Belt Poker's Neil Channing, and you're listening to The Poker Show with Jesse May. Marvelous. Hi, this is Jennifer Haley. Please enter your email address at www.thepokershowlive.com and get the show delivered twice a week. As far as modern televised poker goes, I think most people uh, know Surrender uh, from winning the WPT Paris. And uh, it's kind of funny because I think a lot of people actually think that Tony G won that WPT Paris. Actually, Tony G got second. Surrender beat him heads up. But it was that was the tournament that Tony G became Tony G. You know, go watch it on YouTube. I mean, he was off the charts. Um, un- his behavior was out of control. He was abusing everyone. And Surrender was the one guy at that table who didn't let it get to him. Um, Surrender is known as like the steadiest player of all time. He, he gets a bit of a stick, a uh, bit of stick for being, you know, a little bit. People say he's too tight and this sort of thing. But uh, the fact is, is he's been surviving in tournaments for forever. And uh, I was uh, actually just saw him uh, this week in uh, in Copenhagen where he, he made the money. It was right before, uh, I think it was day four or something like that. And he was, <laughs> was talking about. Or maybe it was day three uh, when he was uh, – he was, but they were about 13 away from the money. And he said, don't worry. I make the money here 100% of the time, and which is true. That's what Surrender does. You know, back in the day when it used to be kind of important uh, to make the money when uh, you were in a big tournament because uh, your bankroll was, was, was on the line. But uh, I asked Surrender if he'd ever – if he'd ever finished on the bubble in a big tournament. He said only once, Monte Carlo, the bubble for 30000 It was like he never forgave himself. Uh, but, you know, that's how – Surrender's one of those guys um, – and I, a lot of people really, you know, make fun of him for it. I mean, he'll play himself down to like three big blinds, and he'll have three big blinds, and then he'll raise, you know, two, and you know, keep one back for the flop. That's that's in, in a one table tournament too. So that's that's how Surrender does it. But it's it's his style. Anyway, um, that 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 WPT Paris was legendary. That was the year of the robbery and everything. So uh, Surrender's talking about that right here. You know when I won that tournament here? Of course I do. There was, I was just talking about it the other night. There was no trophy. <laughs> there, was no, there was only tournament I ever won in my life. It was life. the year of the robbery, the WPT. WPT, there was yeah. no trophy. Yeah. Every other tournament I won, there was But did you see him get the money? <laughs> only the money. <laughs> and he still got it, it says so in the magazine. Yeah, for me. <laughs> that was an incredible night. He played so late, and they kept putting the blinds were so high. 
Yeah. And, and it was just after the WPT, like a couple months before, they instituted a rule that there were no deals allowed. It was like oh, a big thing. Yeah. No deals allowed. And like, they, they, with they chat, well, not officially. I don't know. I have no idea what happened. There was no deal. No deal. So half the people no I talked no to, no. half the people I, I spoke to at the time were saying there was a deal, and the other half were saying no deal. But, but it was a big thing that no, it was the first time where like there was absolutely no deals allowed. And, um, you know, so like, you know, and they had like, he must have had like 10 big blinds each. I mean, it was just crazy. He was crazy. Yeah. Oh, he was crazy he, he anyway. Was, he, he slowed the game so, so Oh, yeah. He was playing like four, five hundred levels. Yeah. Well, you need a time to assault right, you every half. Like, I, was, you know? I was right on the way. I remember. <laughs> we were Peter Roach I mean, and I mean, just oh. Just imagine if I was saying something back to you. Then you, only you, were play great, you were great that day. <laughs> you were only playing 100 levels. Yeah. Oh, you were brilliant. It was a, that was a great time here. You didn't so say Peter a single word the entire time to him. You didn't say anything. No. Yeah. So well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Peter Roach. <laughs> was he drunk or something? Yeah. Tony got him to put uh, all he, the money in with each <laughs> Like a bottle and a half or two. There was a... Surrender had this... Uh, you know, he's very superstitious. I got to see a little bit too. All right. And um, so have you done that yet, Jesse? No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, he decided that um, Parig was his lucky charm. Oh. And he had to he had to rub Parig's head. He, <laughs> but it was good. Parig was there because he was giving he was giving Tony stick right back. You know, no, so no, in the, you don't understand. Yeah, that wasn't good. That wasn't good because he's he was giving Tony stick back. And I told Parig, I said, if you don't show up. <laughs> Yeah, but you couldn't because he was. He no, he was behind me. I told him. <laughs> I came up and told him. I said, "Look, I don't want you to give him no feedback." And that's what he wanted. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, was, it was a great day. It's no secret that Mad Marty Wilson is one of my favorite people, not not just in the poker world, but one of my favorite people ever. Uh, he's got such a big heart, so much of a lust for life, uh, and he was proud to be nominated for all the stuff he's done as far as the televised poker, being a tournament director. And, you know, he makes people feel so comfortable. Uh, you should see some of these qualifiers come in. They love Marty. Uh, they absolutely love him because he's uh, – he knows what it's like. He knows what it's like, and he uh, he'll always tell people a story and that sort of thing. So anyway, caught up with Marty, and you know, just got that, just got the whatever Marty says, whatever story he tells, I want to hear. Okay, okay, okay. Listen, Jesse. Yes. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. But like, I'm using this. I'm using this saying at the moment, right? Growing old is compulsive. Growing up is an option. <laughs> I mean, that's that should be your motto. Yeah, that's, it that's, is. Yeah. You live that every day. T- tell me about what winning this award would mean to you. I don't want to build my hopes up just in case I don't get it, Jesse. So obviously, you know, I don't want to go on cloud nine and then I, 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 I come right down. You know, sometimes from molehills you can build a mountain. You know that, Jesse, don't you? And I, and I don't really want to build my hopes up yet. Hopes and fears. Hope's a good thing. Yeah, hope never dies. In fact, I've actually bought a plaque with hope on, haven't I? I bought the letters H O P E, and I have them on my uh, dash. What the what is it thing we have in the house? Sideboard in the house. And every time I watch the telly, just underneath them, it says hope. And that, that, that I glance at it every now and again, and life's not so bad. Yo, Phil Helmuth, 11-time world champion of poker, bragging again. You're here listening to the Poker Show. 
with Jesse May. Hey guys, it's Kara Scott here. Enter your email address at thepokershowlive.com and get the show delivered twice a week. Let me get some more stuff going on on these awards. Look, it was a, it was a great night. I mean, Sam Trickett brought over uh, his parents, a big posse and everything. How he did not win the the player of the year, I have no idea. You know, it's a – I mean, listen, Jake Cody, fantastic year. Won a WPT and an EPT, fully deserving. But uh, I think Sam Trickett, this guy, deserves to recognize it. We're going to talk about him in the next year. did a great interview with him in Paris. Um, but uh, the awards was a, was a nice night. Everyone had a lot of fun. Uh, listen, Simon Trumper was there. He's, he's been nominated like five times. What he's done with uh, Dust Till Dawn, uh, you know, it, it definitely. This, this guy deserves an award. He's a fantastic for the industry. Uh, Kirsty Thompson got nominated as well. Um, if a lot of people don't. She's behind the scenes a little bit, but she set up the UK IPT. She runs the EPT for Poker Stars. Um, she's been in the industry a long time, and she's done a great job. I, I love the UK IPT. So, uh, you know, it would be great to see her recognized. But, you know, sometimes I think to be honored that's and, and to support the, the, the European Poker Awards, that was nice. But one guy who did get recognized, of course, Nick Saramedda, who set up the awards and uh, is now, uh, is, is now going to take a step back and let Bruno run them. So uh, after everything was done, music was a little loud, I, uh, I asked Nick just about, you know, what these European Poker Awards uh, mean to him over the 10 years. Congratulations on the award, obviously. But I also want to say, I want you to tell me how proud you are of what these awards have become and what you remember when you started out. Uh, I I guess when we started it out, I kind of figured that the European poker players weren't actually recognized for being as good as they are. It was all about America, and I kind of saw it growing in Europe, and there were a lot of good players around, a lot of people doing good stuff to actually expand the game. And I suppose I just figured that it might be a nice idea to actually give them some recognition, which they didn't get, so that's why we did it. And could you have imagined 10 years on? I mean, you couldn't have. All these people, I mean, this is pretty kind of cool, actually. You know, you always hope it's going to grow because the scene was so much smaller yeah. 10 years ago. Uh, this is pre-internet, you know, before money making and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I, I'm just pleased that we kept it going for 10 years, and I'm pleased that by handing it over to Bruno's organization... Bruno's been a good and a loyal, oh. supportive partner. Yeah, not off. Uh, you know, he's not uh, scared to put his money where his mouth is because, to be honest, without financial support of somebody like Bruno, it wouldn't be possible. You know, you imagine the costs of actually hiring a bloody nightclub and providing dinner and accommodation and flights for everybody... He's been a giant in European poker. Yeah, for sure. No question. And without Bruno, it wouldn't have been possible. Um, so, and he's an old friend of mine from years ago, you know. When I, I first met Bruno in Amsterdam, where I put him out of a tournament. <laughs> and we've been friends ever since. <laughs> I'm the best now, and I smash it now. I've proved it already across European side, across American side. If you don't wind me up anymore, I'm sending everyone broke, and that's the problem. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Sinisa. I'm with the Royal Flush Girls. You're listening to The Poker Show with Jesse May and Party Poker. Well, that's all we've got time for tonight. I tell you what, uh, tune in next time because Sam Trickett, 
hottest player on the planet. Got a nice interview with him. And then Peter Eastgate as well, who I just interviewed here in Copenhagen. We're doing uh, both those guys up this week. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Thanks to all my guests. And see you next time. We'll be right back. 